I do appreciate being here tonight and having this opportunity to speak a few minutes. Um, appreciate Carson. I know I gave him just a few uh, moments notice. And um, did a great job, and I just appreciate uh, his ability to do that. Um, I think of heaven. When I think of heaven, I think of people, you know, familiar voices that I hear singing in the family. And, you know, I can recognize that voice and that voice and that voice, and we're all sitting together, and, and there we are in heaven just having a wonderful, great time. And one of the things that I do and personally in my life is sometimes a thought will hit me, and I'll burst out in song. I might be by myself. I might be out in the woods. I could be wherever. And then all of a sudden I think of this particular song that was fitting for that particular time or thought, and I just burst out in song, and maybe many of you do that too. So I love to sing. I love to hear you sing. Uh, I love us singing together as a spiritual family of God, and I look forward to our eternal home in heaven, um, being together singing with one another and loving one another, and we pray that we have that love. And I appreciate the passage that Carson uh, read. That has uh, That is a different part of the lesson. I was going to have him read from the book of Jonah. That's where we're going to be looking at this evening for just a few moments. But one of the emphasis that I want us to be thinking about is the love of God, I did have a couple little thoughts before got into the lesson. My mind just wandered, so I, I ask your forgiveness. But uh, there's a gentleman I was uh, studying a little bit with at work. Um, there's a couple guys I've been studying with, one in particular. and uh, But he is a member of the church, and he's from Ghana, and he um, still likes to study, still likes to learn. And when, when he first told me that he was from the Church of Christ, he just broke out in song. And, it just, uh, and the song he sung was, There is beyond the Asher blue uh, there is a God and so that was a song that we sung tonight and just kind of reminded me of that that he was wanting to prove that he was a member of the Church of Christ and he began to sing that particular song so we just uh, you know I just joined him and we just sung a little bit together um, but I thought that that's just kind of a neat uh, uh, a memory that I had the other thought I had seeing my father tonight it's good to see Miss Betty tonight too um, I wasn't surprised to see her but I, I wasn't sure if she would be able to make it, but it's so good to see her tonight. She's an inspiration. But we were talking about parenting and parenting being a project. Uh, uh, Matt was leading the discussion this morning, appreciate his uh, class. He was talking about parenting being a project, and I was thinking I'll be 57 this year, and I'm still a project uh, for my father. Uh, so, uh, But it's good to see him here tonight. I'm going to just be talking in a few moments um, about a familiar story about God calling Jonah. And there's a particular reason why I like to, to look at this story. One from a negative, is a little bit from a negative aspect, but I think it will bring a positive result in our thinking towards the lost itself. That God calls Jonah to preach judgment on Nineveh. And Jonah, he's a preacher. He loves to preach, but there's a certain audience he likes to preach to. And Nineveh wasn't one of, that, wasn't one of those audiences uh, that he desired to go to. And so he thought he could just run away. And so Jonah... Um, just started running, and he started going a different direction. God said, go here, I'm going to go there, because I don't want to preach to these people. What happens if they repent? What happens if he knew about God's love, he knew about God's mercy? Just to ask him to go preach to these people was a sign of the mercy and goodness and loving nature of God. And Jonah did not want any part in that, so he refuses. And again, we're just briefly going over the story, so... Uh, there's this big storm. The sailors even tried. And we, we could see the concern of the sailors. You know, who brought the storm upon us? And they found out they cast lots. And they found out it was Jonah. And Jonah explained the situation. And so he said, yes, it's my fault. Just cast me overboard. And they did everything. They, they ro rolled toward 
towards the shore trying to avoid throwing Jonah overboard. And eventually they threw him overboard. Uh, the, the winds began to cease. The storm calmed. And Jonah was in the water. And God did not forget about Jonah. He sent a big, great fish to swallow him up. And while, while Jonah was in the belly of the fish, he began to pray to God. And he uh, began to pray to God. And God showed him mercy. And, and as the, it's kind of gross, but as the, the, the text talks about that he was spit upon the shore. And so Jonah was spit upon the shore, and he goes to these people, and uh, eventually he goes and he does exactly what God wants him to do. I think in uh, chapter 4 and verse 11 at the ending, it kind of leaves us with a, a, a question and a cliffhanger type of ending. And it says there in chapter 4 and verse 11, Jonah says, And should I not pity Nineveh, or, or God says, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city? in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. And so it's showing the love and mercy that God had towards Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And, of course, the ten northern tribes, we know the story of the ten northern tribes, how they turned their backs on God, and God allowed Nineveh, or not Nineveh, but Assyria, which is Nineveh is the capital of Assyria, to go and take these northern tribe of Israel into captivity. So these aren't the people that, uh, that Jonah wanted to go preach to. He was afraid of their response, that they might turn. And um, so it's, it's a familiar story that we're all familiar with. But it was not just a lesson of judgment. It wasn't just a story of repentance. It was to help believers then and now see the need to have a heart like God towards all. And so that's the question that we ask ourselves, what kind of heart do I have? It's easy to love those who love you. It's more difficult to love those who do not love you, does not have a loving heart, and their actions and, their, and the things that they say to, the, to you, the way they treat you, and so forth and so on. Isn't it easy to love your... Uh, sometimes it's, you know, when it talks about... Um, here I go wondering just to, for a second, but when you're talking about family, uh, physical family, and you're talking about the love that you have, you know, when it talks about husband loves your wives, even so as Christ loved the church. Husbands are to be the kind of husbands that's easy to love and not to be the kind of husband that is difficult to love. And the same thing with the wife. You know, we are to love one another and we are to make it easy to love one another, not difficult. And sometimes in our interactions, we make it difficult. And so I think that's a lesson that we can, we can learn. But here um, we, we see that we are to have a heart like God towards all. And it's easy to love those who love you, but it's more difficult. It takes time. It takes energy when we look at what's precious to us. And usually when I see that I have a little bit amount of time, I talk a little faster to get all the information in. Uh, so I apologize. I hope you can uh, um, uh, uh, bear with me for a moment. But, um, but here we see. Now I forgot my point. I shouldn't have interrupted myself. <laughs> But we can see the, the type of relationship uh, that God had uh, with his people that he created. He created all men in his image, and he has that love and that compassion towards all men. And it was to help believers then and now see the need to have a heart like God uh, towards all. And God, we can see his heart. Um, then uh, um, Jonah, all he could see was the Jewish people. All he could see was, okay, Nineveh isn't friendly he wasn't looking at the 120,000. He wasn't looking at the individual souls. His mindset was a little bit different. And so only in the way, uh, only in this way can our repentance be pre truly linked to restoration. Um, 
first of all, we see repentance and restoration for us. You know, Jonah, not unlike certain Christians today, our understanding of repentance may be limited to ourselves. Uh, we may know that God is merciful to us, as um, chapter 2, when we look at Jonah and the belly of the fish, he began to pray to God. He went to God boldly. He knew that God would hear his prayer, and God did hear his prayer, and he was uh, spit up on the uh, shore of the waters there, and he knew that God would be a merciful God uh, to him and to his people. And so Jonah's prayer, uh, and we see God's answer there in verse 2 of chapter 4. So he prayed to the Lord, and he said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I, I, I previously fled to, to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, you, uh, God slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who uh, relents from doing harm. Too many, however, have an us versus them mentality, and that's the mentality that Jonah had towards the people. So he's talking to God. And he says, God, I knew you were a merciful God. Why didn't he not want to preach? Because I knew you were merciful. What if Nineveh repented? God would accept them into his grace and his favor. And that was something that Jonah was afraid of. And so we see that the, the book um, was written for us, a book of repentance and restoration. The book was written for believers. Jonah needed to learn to have a compassionate heart for the lost. And we see that in verses 9 through 11 of chapter 4. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry with the plant? And if you remember the story, in one day the plant, um, Jonah uh, left after he left after preaching and the people repented. Uh, he was out. Uh, the winds were blowing. It was a hot sun. And God raised up this plant in one day to, to give him shade. The next day a worm came and ate the plant and destroyed it. Um, so then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. And so I, I believe that passage, that, that book, is written for us today. Um, this book was written with this lesson in mind. And the question in cliffhanger-like ending impresses this very point upon believers to ponder, to reflect, to judge, uh, to restore what is lacking. And so we ask the question tonight, is our heart like Jonah? You know, we, we can look at Jonah versus the pagans. Jonah had more compassion on a plant than 120,000 precious souls, let alone animals, as noted there in verse 10. Even the sailors in chapter 1 uh, had more compassion than Jonah did. Uh, they had compassion on Jonah. They didn't want to cast him into the sea, but they did eventually um, because that was um, what uh, Jonah told them needed to happen. The king of Nineveh in chapter 3 and verse 16, through nine, when Jonah preached, he put ashes on his head and commanded uh, the people to, to repent and, and to avoid all forms of evil. He had more compassion than Jonah. So what is our heart like? Is our heart like Jonah or is our heart like God? God purposed that those who love him to be conformed to his image of his son. Those who learn true repentance and are restored um, to our God. When we look at the story 
of Abraham. And I'm just going to give a real brief. But you remember the story of Abraham and Lot? How God was going to destroy the, the, the land of Sodom and Gomorrah? And so a Abraham, he had more of a heart like God, didn't he? He says, if, would you destroy the land if I can find 100 righteous souls and then 50? And then he went all the way down to 10. And God said, no, I would not destroy the city if you were able to find 10 righteous souls. And God was not able to find 10 righteous souls. And so he gives a warning to Lot and his wife and his daughters and, and, there's, uh, and their husbands and uh, told them to flee and gave them the warning. The husband stayed. The, uh, the two daughters went with Lot. Uh, Lot's wife went, but she looked back, and they were told not to look back, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. But it shows the love of Abraham had for, for the unbelievers in that particular city, wanted them to repent, wanted them to turn to God. When we look at the reason why Jesus came to this earth, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to seek, and to save those who are lost. And we can see that very evident in the life of Christ. Um, when we look at the um, example of the prodigal son, we see that when the, the, the son left and he was coming back, that you have two people that was um, looking towards that brother who was returning back to God in two different ways. God was looking back and saw the son approaching and, and, and uh, greeted him with open arms. Uh, the older brother was resentful for his return. And so what kind of heart do we have towards those who are perishing, whether it be from our own family, uh, whether it be from those our neighbors, whether it be those we work with, and so on? Uh, that's the question that we're asking tonight. What is my heart like? Uh, what am I doing? How am I sharing the good news of Christ? Christ, before he ascended to uh, heaven, he told his apostles, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature. Uh, uh, baptizing um, them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, we see Peter on the day of Pentecost, the infancy of the church, the very first day, preaching the sermon, you know the works of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. And the people were emotional, they were cut to the heart, and uh, asked the question, what shall I do? And, and uh, uh, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are to take interest uh, uh, in our fellow um, uh, people or neighbors or people we work with, the people that we have influence over, take advantage of those situations. Um, we see that in last example, uh, Acts chapter 8, where the Philip goes and he talks to the eunuch, and he preaches, uh, begins at the same scripture, preaches unto him Jesus, and the eunuch says, here is water. What does it me to be baptized? And he says, if you believe with your heart, with all your heart, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you may. And so they both went down to the water, and he buried him, or he baptized him uh, for the forgiveness of sins, um, so that he could be put into the body of Christ. And that, to me, is so exciting when you have that opportunity to bury someone in the waters of baptism, symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I, I am thankful for those who love the word, uh, the Word of God. I'm thankful for those who do their daily Bible reading. I love the, the site that Kevin has um, where so many people are reading their Bibles on a daily basis. I don't like to be dependent upon somebody else and the preacher says this and so I believe that. Um, I don't care if the preacher is saying what's right, um, but I want to know that it's right. I want to know, uh, okay, I disagree with you on that because I have read it and I have studied it personally. 
Um, I agree with you on that because I have read it and I have studied it personally. Um, God wants you to love him. He wants you to love his word. He wants you to read it. He wants you to study it. Um, we have to uh, continue to develop a heart like God. And if you're here this evening and you're subject to the invitation, we encourage you to come as we stand together and as we sing.